How can we put the mission of God into practice? How can we make it practical? This is Monday, October 24th, and we're continuing in our fifth week of our study called Engage. It goes along with our community groups. Now, for many people, this, the question we, this is the question we ask. How can we meet people? How can we make new connections? It really does seem like everything is working against the building of new relationships. Maybe not everything, but we meet a powerful gravitational pull away from each other. We're encouraged to shine a light on our differences rather than to look for common ground. We're siloed in our homes and even siloed within our homes in our rooms. And we retreat to our private spaces. Now, this was not always so. We learned last week that for most of human history, people have lived in robust, extended groups of people from of about 40 to 150. Many of them, most of them, related. These communities provided support and care, a sense of belonging and identity. People belonged to each other, and they enjoyed life together. Now this week, we take the next step in understanding our mission, the one God has given us in the world. In the New Testament, we find an exhortation, a command to practice hospitality. Here's one of those passages we looked at yesterday in worship. Romans 12, verse 9 to 13. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Now that command about hospitality seems tacked on to a larger teaching, but it's integral to understanding the, the way the love of God comes to us. Now as Paul is addressing the church in Rome, he explains the outworking of a sincere love. And here is the community we hunger for. One filled with devotion to each other. One characterized by an honoring of each other. A community of mutual love where people, well, they share life together. These are powerful commands in a world that is scarred by competition. But these, the, they're these words, practice, hospitality. That almost seems out of place. Why? Well, the love spoken of here by the Apostle Paul is love within a community of people that you know. Your people, you would say. But that word, as we learned yesterday in worship, in Greek is philozenia. It literally means the love of strangers or the love of the other. Yes, the hospitality commanded here is not an opening of your home to your friends, people you know and like that are your own people or your family. It means the opening of your home and life to those who are outsiders to you, strangers, to people you really do not know. Now, of course, this command is shocking. The Jewish people spent their lives drawing distinctions between people and everyone else. Fellowship and that sharing of community, meals and the opening of your house, well, that was for your people, not for outsiders. There was the need to protect yourself from outsiders and keep them away. 
But this became the very opposite of Christianity, the life of those that sought to follow Jesus. Why is that? Well, first, the new community, a new family formed by Jesus, comes to be, it is shaped around him through faith. This fellowship was diverse from the start. And second, this new spiritual family was open to anyone, Jew or Greek, male or female, slave or free. There were no distinctions. There was no us and them. You see, continually people were being invited into this living community of faith. How could God's mission grow in the world? It was through this love of the outsiders. And so here is the engine for this expansive love. Jesus commanded this love because we were outsiders. When we were there, outside of fellowship with God, he loved us. This is captured so well in in another letter by Paul, his letter to the church in Ephesus. Remember that at that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now here is that idea. We were far away, and Jesus brought us near to God. His death brought about a reconciliation between us and God. Though we had no connection to the promises of God, and we were barred from citizenship, membership in the family of God, Jesus came and he opened the way for us. Paul uses this language of the foreigner, the alien, and the stranger. This is where we stand cut off from God, except for what Jesus has done for us. And you see, it is this mission, bringing the stranger into the family, that God has for us, his people. Because God in Christ has done this with each of us. Jesus came as a stranger in our world to bring us home to the Father. Let's pray. Father God, kindle in us, we pray, a vision for your new family, a family made possible by the gospel of grace. Engage us in your mission to welcome the stranger and to make room for those that are far away. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.